Welcome to Money's a Mitch podcast. I'm Mitch Newman, and I am determined to provide you with the best of the best state-of-the-heart tools and techniques to support you in redefining, reframing, and reigniting. That's a lot of re's. That flame inside of you that will propel you to your next levels of success. Together, we're going to explore and do a deep dive into really all aspects of conscious leadership and what it really takes to lead oneself and others at this higher level of consciousness with the intention and the outcome of creating maximum impact and contribution in all areas of your life. We will laugh, most definitely cry, the good cry, of course, hopefully, and without a doubt, discover the magic that exists inside of each and every one of you. So, if you're not afraid of the unknown, let's get to it. So, a barrage of phone calls this week. Literally a barrage of phone calls. And they there's this reoccurring themes that keep just happening week after week after week after week. So, I want to kind of condense it today on... Uh, my Mondays and Mitch podcast because I think it is critical and crucial for anyone who is leading themselves, which hopefully is everybody, and then those who are taking that conscious leadership to the next level and then leading other people. Super, super important to understand really what I have found to be the the top three tools that your inner leader must possess. And I've talked about them at different times on the podcast, but I want to put them all together simply because I find them to be so profound and so distinctive and so necessary for anyone who wants to lead. So first and foremost, the, I would say the, the interesting, most interesting dynamic that happens to me a lot is people will call me. People will text me, can I talk? Hey, can we talk? Can we hop on a call real quick? I need some support. And it usually comes down to running either a story that's I'm upset because, fill in the blank, or it's a series of stories that all fall under that category of upset. Things that are going on, things that aren't working, things that are disturbing, people who are frustrated, feeling stuck. And I always say the same thing, and I've said it here before, and I'll say it again because it's that important. I always say to somebody when when they run that list, I'll say, well, hold on a second. Let me ask you a question. On a scale of one to 10, one being it absolutely sucks and 10 being it's amazing, where would you rate your self-care? And nobody has ever said more than a four. Nobody has ever bothered to say more than a four, which, you know, makes complete sense to me on so many levels, because what I have found out is that people who are not taking care of themselves on the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual levels, and I don't mean dozens of things on each level. I mean, they're not even actively engaged in a single thing on each of those levels, tells me that because they're not actively taking care of themselves, and exercising self-care, that their mental and emotional state is going to waver. That they're going to become highly susceptible to triggers and to upsets and to lower energy frequency because their own frequency has been lowered. 
And so they'll pick up on that and they'll start running that. So I'm being generous when I say a four because it's usually like a three. And sometimes people say, well, I'm not doing anything. Well, that would be a one. (laughs) So I get people going and say, listen, you've got to be doing one thing on each of those levels every day. You really do. Something physical, whether it's related to your water intake, whether it's related to moving your body, whether it's related to the food that you're putting in your system, something that you're doing that shows reverence and respect for your physical body that moves you around, gives you the opportunity to take action. Something on the mental level, something that's stimulating your brain, something that's feeding your brain, something uplifting, positive, new information, expanded information, something that, that upgrades the content that you put in your brain every day. The emotions, the emotional level that you're experiencing and allowing yourself to experience emotion. I actually keep, because I know the day can sometimes get a hold of me, I keep a, a, on my calendar, on my phone, it pops up. It asks me, a, a pop-up will come up at around 4 o'clock every day, and it'll say, are you feeling? What are you feeling? And it's the most perfect time where I realize, oh, wow, what am I feeling? I literally have to stop and pause and think about what I'm feeling. Get, get, think about that. I have to think about what I'm feeling because I'm not allowing myself to just naturally feel from time to time whatever may be present, that I'm not necessarily expressing my emotions, that what people will say to me if I say, hey, how's it going? They go, oh, it's good, it's good. They don't say it, and they'll say, well, what's going on with you? I know everything's great, you know. Instead of talking about, well, I'm a little sad about this, I'm a little frustrated about this, I can get caught up in that too. And then something on the spiritual level, something that I'm doing that is a reference point to my relationship with a higher energy, a higher source of power that dictates the level of my consciousness, that focuses on the gratitude and the experience that I have in and having been given this life. So when I'm actively engaging on all four of those levels, I feel better. I make better choices. I make what I call self-honoring choices. I have an awareness, a deeper sense of awareness and presence to myself that if somebody asks me to do something, I actually can assess whether or not it makes sense for me to do it. That I'm not getting caught up in just someone else's approval of me and agreeing to do things that I go, why did I agree to do that? Ooh, God, why did I do that? So I find myself making self-honoring choices. And those self-honoring choices leads to really my number two, which is to make sure that I have in place a series of healthy boundaries of what's okay and what's not okay. When there is no self-care, there are no self-honoring choices, and there's clearly no boundary setting. People are all over the place. Now, The vast majority of us were never educated on what it means to create boundaries. There were things that we learned as a kid, boundaries you don't cross, 
things that were skewered and in, in, in skewed in the negative. Yet, what about healthy boundaries? What's okay? What's not okay? I'm willing to do this. I'm not willing to do that. Yes to this. No to that. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with this. And here's what I am willing to do. So there's always an absence a lot of times in situations where people don't have healthy boundaries. So when you have had the healthy boundaries and you're taking care of yourself on the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual levels, and you're making those self-honoring choices and you have that level of consistent, sustainable self-care going, you're creating boundaries that are very, very clear because you're respecting your time and other people's time. You're respecting your energy and other people's energy. You're not over-committing and under-delivering and getting to feel badly about yourself. You're actually under-committing. And should you choose to then commit a little bit more, that's a bonus for you and potentially for someone else. So setting those healthy boundaries of what's okay and what's not okay is critical in order to lead yourself to respect your time and respect other people's time and to lead other people. And the third component, the third component we talked about the other week, which is really to learn how to embrace, embrace conflict. Embrace it. That conflict, as I've said on here, is really a cry for collaboration, that there's an opportunity in the conflict of two people seeing something differently, having a different experience, And the willingness to set aside ego and any sense of righteousness and to be able to understand that something is crying out to be birthed, something brand new, something that's never existed before. And we may not know what that is. And if we're open to it and we take a little bit from what you're suggesting and a little bit from what I'm suggesting, and then we can create this new third thing, combining those forces and those energies, but also seeing a different light at the end of the tunnel, we end up creating something that's never existed before. So a lot of times people want to avoid conflict. They want to avoid the drama. When you avoid conflict, you create drama. You just do. If you avoid conflict, you leave people to their own devices. They start telling stories to themselves about you and about themselves. And... In most situations, those stories aren't favorable. They're not. So now all of a sudden, the very thing you didn't want to create, drama, has now been created. Sometimes we confuse this notion of a conflict as confrontational instead of conversational. So we avoid it and hence create the drama. I want to inspire people to look at conflict and say, listen, there's the internal conflict that people have. They're conflicted in their thoughts. They're not sure which direction to go, decisions to make. And we're conflicted in the the world about how we experience something, about how we feel about something, about how to move forward. Yes, there are associations of conflict with war. Absolutely. That's not what I'm talking about. And even in those situations, if willing to look deep enough, that opposition, the two people, two countries seeing something differently, 
that if we can find a way, as Rumi would talk about, I'll be on wrongmaking and rightmaking, there is a field, I'll meet you there. It also is a cry for some greater success that may be available, some greater opportunity that, that people aren't willing to see because they're too caught up in the righteousness, they're too caught up in the ego. Instead of going, this keeps happening. This is a cycle. It keeps happening. The common denominator is my behavior, is my attitude, or my beliefs. Maybe, just maybe, there's something more for me to learn here. There's something more for me to experience here. And that I want to be a part of that learning. So the embracing of conflict and running towards it and addressing it, both internally and externally, leads to something better. So now you have these three components. You have the boundary setting, and you have the self-care component, and you have this embracing conflict and not seeing it as an enemy, but seeing it as an ally. Now, all of a sudden, everything is moving at a pace that you can understand, that you can appreciate, that doesn't get away from you. Yes, you're going to have your moments. We all do. There will be moments that'll slip and you'll slip, and it's okay. That's part of the human experience. And the more consistent we are in making sure that those three buckets are filled more than not, the greater the likelihood we get to make a residual impact, whether it's within our families and our communities within our country, within our businesses, wherever that may be, within all of our relationships. We can make an impact that actually serves more and more people. And when you serve more and more people, more people win. I'm Mitch Newman. We'll see you again next time. Hey, so if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so, you know, we can hang out every Monday. You can also follow me on Instagram at Life's a Mitch. And if you feel so inspired, make sure to tag me in your stories. I really appreciate hearing from people who are listening in. So if you have any ideas, any feedback, any questions, don't be shy. Please send them along. Who knows? Something you share or suggest may spark a future episode. So until next week, remember, life's a Mitch and then you thrive. 